Sensible Chat, the podcast committed to helping you learn positive money mindsets, destroy debt, reduce financial stress, and break the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle. Today, we're chatting with best-selling author, founder of Heroes at Home, and co-host of the Money Millhouse podcast, Ellie Kay. Ellie's book, The 60-Minute Money Workout, is what inspired Sensible Bobby's debt-free journey and love for budgeting, and she's here to share that inspiration with you. Afterwards, Sensible Bobby will share some great savings tips to get you ready for America Saves Week and tell you about her first live event, which is coming up fast. So right now, let's get to the hero of hard assets, the saint of the saw buck, helping you budget your bottom line. It is Sensible Bobby. Thanks, Scott. And thank you for stopping by to chat. Today, I want to tell you a story and see if you can relate, at least to some parts of it. Once upon a time, there was this girl who was working a job she hated, hated it to the point where she woke up angry every morning, dreading the drive, dreading the day, crying on the drive home. But she knew there was no way out. It was a good paying job and she had a lot of debt. The sad part was this was supposed to be her dream job. Her goal had been to become the producer of a radio show and now she was but she was miserable in the environment that came with it. Finding a job with comparable pay had proved quite difficult. She'd been looking since the day she accepted her current job, and years later, still nothing had panned out. Stuck. Trapped. Feeling like a caged animal. Sick of being a slave to the job. Sick of feeling like she'd never get ahead. Sick of keeping her mouth shut when she wanted to scream. How had this happened? Did it matter? All that mattered now was she couldn't find a way to undo it. Desperate, dreaming of a life she thought she could never have, wanting out of the life she had at almost any cost, she was willing to do whatever it took, if only someone would tell her what that was. Then one day, someone did. Her name was Ellie Kay, and she came to me in the form of a book. A couple years prior, I had scheduled her for a radio interview to promote her new book, The 60-Minute Money Workout. At the time, I was completely bored by the content of the financial radio show I produced, believed the information was only for rich people, and tuned it out completely. But now, I was desperate. I was also angry. I felt like a victim. Why was this happening to me? It wasn't fair. And seeing that title, The 60-Minute Money Workout... I thought, yeah, as if 60 minutes can change anything. Tell me, oh expert, what can I do to change my life in 60 minutes? So I took it off the shelf and started reading, almost in protest, just to prove that I'd tried something, but never believing it would do any good. I took the book home and continued reading until I got to the part that changed my life. It was an exciting tip I'd never heard before, and I felt a glimmer of hope. But I'm a cynic, so I fought that feeling. I decided, yeah, I'd follow her advice, just to prove her wrong, because it might work for someone else, but it's not going to work for me. When I followed her advice, put it on paper using my financial situation, there was no denying it. 
she was right. It would work for me. At that moment, I found hope, and it set me on a completely new path. The path that got me out of debt. The path that made me hunger for as much financial knowledge as I could possibly get. The path that led me to a completely different passion than I ever would have thought. The path that led me to enjoy budgeting so much and feel the benefits so deep, I couldn't help but share it with the world. So it's truly a privilege to chat with today's guest because she gave me hope and a tool to actually get started. And that was all I needed. The rest was inside me the whole time. I just didn't know it. And that's why I do this, because I know it's inside of you too. And I want you to have that moment of clarity, that moment of excitement when you realize you have the power to change your life. You don't have to be a victim. So let's hear from a woman who went through way harder times than me and turned it into an empire through which she's been able to change the lives of countless people through hope, tools, and resources that anyone can access and start using today. Okay, class. Sensible University is now in session. Today's guest professor is Ellie Kay, best-selling author and popular international speaker and media veteran who has given over 2,800 interviews, including appearances on ABC, CNBC, CNN, and Fox News. She co-hosts the award-winning podcast, The Money Millhouse, and has been called upon for her expertise by many, including the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and Washington Post. Ellie is the founder of the nonprofit Heroes at Home, dedicated to providing free financial education to military members through her Heroes at Home financial event. Ellie, thanks so much for being our guest professor today. Well, thank you. It's really great to be here, and I love being a professor whenever I can. (laughs) I have to tell you, I have been waiting a really long time to talk with you. I think it was about seven or eight years ago that I actually read your book, and that was after I was producing a financial radio show, and I had actually scheduled you for an interview for that. But your book sat on the shelf after that for a couple of years, just looking at me, looking at me, and (laughs) I, at the time, was not interested interested in any financial subjects whatsoever. But I finally, we were just swimming in debt and I didn't feel like we were ever going to get anywhere. And I was so desperate and so tired of it all. I just finally had to do something. And I saw your book, picked it up. And I've got to tell you, it changed my life. I remember the moment that I read, you were talking about the debt snowball method and how it could make such a big difference to just focus on one debt at a time and, you know, keep all the other ones the same and how much of a difference it would make. And I honestly, I did not believe you. Oh, <laughs> I was well, that's okay. A lot of people don't believe me until uh, they try to start to do some things for themselves. Absolutely. I was actually trying to prove you wrong. I remember that moment I threw down the book because I thought, wow, no way. <laughs> and I ran to my computer and I probably spent the next couple hours crunching the numbers, really seriously trying to prove you wrong. And I just couldn't do it. So Aww. well, that is great. I, I love to when people get to complete and utter desperation, that they pick up a book and I can actually offer a helping hand through the book. That's exactly why I've written the 15 books that I've written. And I'm so glad that you stumbled across one of them that helped you. I mean, that's exactly the whole reason we do this. And I know this is the reason you have your podcasting. You do the work that you do. It's to be able to help that person when they kind of come to the end of themselves and they've 
want to do something positive about their finances. Absolutely. And, you know, the thing that really struck me or probably stood out about your book, making me want to read it, was the idea that 60 minutes a week could completely revolutionize your finances, because I certainly didn't believe it at the time. But I completely believe it now. I've seen it work. And I think that that statement just really gives hope. So from your perspective, tell me how 60 minutes a week can revolutionize anyone's finances. In America today, most people don't give their finances 60 minutes a month. I think they just kind of pay the bills. They argue about money. They do things, but there's not a proactive, productive kind of time that's set aside by most families to actually work on their finances, to achieve their goals, to get rid of debt, to build up a savings account of some kind. So one of the things that I looked at when I was looking to write this book was, oh my goodness, if people would just be proactive and intentional, 60 minutes a week, I really do believe it can change their world because that's what happened to me and my husband. And it worked for me. I knew it could work for other people, had been teaching it already before I wrote the book. And I found that if you are intentional and you have a very structured 60 minutes and you don't argue and throw rolls and things (laughs) like that, then it really can have quite a remarkable result. Yeah, what I love about the workouts in your book is how everything's broken down into little pieces so it doesn't feel overwhelming because I think that's, you know, a huge part of why people don't tackle this stuff. And then, you know, there's a schedule and a timer to really keep you focused and like you said, intentional without burning out. So it's almost like an exercise routine. Was that the thought behind it? Exactly. I think there's a big connection between health and wealth. I think that people can relate to and maybe understand what it takes to have a decent workout and see results. So why not have a financial workout and see results as well? Now, in the book, you talk about having too much month at the end of the money. (laughs) I think that's something (laughs) that most of us can relate to because I certainly remember living like that. And I was convinced that it couldn't change without some big financial windfall or a job that made a lot more money than I was making at the time. What do you say to people who believe that right now? I don't think we really need to look for the big knight in shining armor to come in, whether it's getting some kind of a windfall, an inheritance, the lottery, a big raise at work or anything like that. I believe that God is in the details. And I believe that if we look at some of the details in our finances in a new, fresh way, in an intentional way, that we can find some margin in there to improve the way that we're doing money. And that's what we did. We took what we were doing with our money. We looked at ways that we could cut back or improve ourselves in terms of side hustles, things that would generate more income. And we found the margin that we needed. And that encouraged us then to be able to do more things, pay down our debt, build up our savings account. So there really is hope because my family went from that. We went from 40K in consumer debt when we first got married back in the 80s. And we didn't have a lot of disposable income at all. And yet we were able to pay down all that consumer debt within only two and a half years on one military man's income. And we've been debt free ever since. 
And let's not forget, you did it with seven children. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Yes. Well, I mean, we didn't have all seven at once. So I, I actually married into two. So there are two stepdaughters that I married into. I only gave birth five times. So I don't, I don't want more credit than what I deserve. But I will say that those five children were born in seven years. And so that was quite hairy at times. And then we moved 11 times in 13 years. And still, we got out of debt. So if you're listening to me today... And your situation's a little bit better than that. Maybe fewer kids, maybe a better income, maybe less moves. Then your situation looks even brighter than mine did. Yes, it seems there's always a way. Now, tell me about the moment you decided to go from dreaming about being debt-free to actually doing something about it. What was kind of your aha moment? My aha moment was really quite remarkable because I went from being a broker and I was young. I was in my early 20s when I met my husband, but I was already a broker working in property and casualty uh, business. And I didn't have any debt. I had a little bit of money in the bank. And then I married a man that had all this debt that I didn't know about. He also had a child support payment that was incredible, a third of our income, his income. And so things like that just did not look very good at all. And I do remember there was one week when we had completely run out of groceries and we didn't have margin on our credit cards to charge anymore. And I had been watching a video of Gone with the Wind. And there was this moment for Scarlett O'Hara where she went out into the turnip field and she put her hands up into the heavens because her and her family were starving at that moment. And she said, as God is my witness, neither me nor none of my kid will ever go hungry again. And so that was my Scarlett O'Hara wow. moment. And here, the story gets even a little bit more interesting. So we went to go pick up his two daughters at the grandma's house. Turns out that she was remodeling her kitchen. She had no idea that we didn't have groceries for the week. We weren't telling anybody. My husband was a captain in the Air Force and a fighter pilot. We were embarrassed by the fact that we didn't have enough money for groceries. And even though she didn't knew it, I believe God knew it because she gave us 10 bags of groceries. Wow. Including like homemade tamales that she had taken out of her freezer, and because they were remodeling their kitchen and they needed to give away all these groceries. So we were provided for at that moment. And then from that point on, I became a coupon queen and launched a whole new side hustle. God works in mysterious ways. <laughs> Indeed, he does. <laughs> so when you first started really focusing on this, besides couponing, did you really have a plan or was it just things that you stumbled across along the way that made you come up with more solid plans of how you could get out of debt and do it in such a short period of time? Well, I love the fact that you're looking behind the scenes and the questions that you're asking indicate that you really are a student of doing things differently and in different ways. And we were intentional, but we had to have that aspect of our plan that was open to an interpretation. So the very first thing we did was we made a commitment to get out of debt. And we said, and we made this commitment to each other, and we said, look, Every extra bit of money that comes in, we are going to put towards our debt. So my grandma Lodeman gave me a check for my birthday for $100. I put it towards the visa bill. Bob randomly got a refund on his GI bill for his master's degree that we weren't expecting. So that was $3,000 that we could put towards the debt. And I really believe that when you make a commitment that sometimes 
things just kind of happen and they kind of come up. And if you stick to that commitment and instead of with that income tax refund, instead of going to Disneyland or buying a new TV, because Amazon has them on sale right now, 65 (laughs) inches, including shipping if you're prime. I mean, you know, you've got all these temptations, but if you've made that commitment, it's like, no, I'm going to work on that delayed gratification and I'm going to pay down that consumer debt. And so between getting on a budget, saving money in a lot of different areas, and then various windfalls and side hustles that kind of came through, we were able to pay down all of that debt, but we stuck to our guns and we followed up on that commitment, even when it was hard. Yeah, that's the really important thing, disciplining yourself, especially when you get those windfalls. And like you said, it's so easy to put that money somewhere else. But if you can do that in the short run, and like you said, follow your plan, then the long run is so much better, right? I mean, tell me about some of the things you've been able to do after becoming debt free that you never could have even fathomed before that. It has been quite a wild ride. I have to tell you that I'm a season pass holder to Disneyland. And so as a season pass holder, it's a little insidious because you feel like the more you go, the more you're getting your money's worth. But every time you go, you spend money. So what's up with that? But I love adventure. I love roller coasters. I like the Incredicoaster over at California Adventure. I love the Indiana Jones ride over at Disneyland. And I just love that adrenaline and that adventure. And that is the way that I looked at the way we've been managing money and my career. So one of the things that came out of paying off that debt was I began to give seminars. And this was back early in my career when we paid off all of that debt. I had was not an author. I was a bit of a speaker, but I didn't even dream of being an author. And I started working at local bases and I started doing it just pro bono, trying to help military families. That led to the Airmen and Family Readiness Center commissioning a special project of one of my seminars to be able to be distributed to 120 bases around the world as part of their financial education program. Well, that led to, because those are some pretty nice numbers that my work was getting out to, that led to getting a book published because it came to the attention of a publisher. The very first book that I wrote actually ushered in the extreme couponing era. So mine was the first book on the market. It was called Shop, Save, and Share, published in 1998. It was a double-day bookseller, bestseller, and it went and on to sell quite a few copies. And then other people started getting on the bandwagon after that, but it actually helped to usher in extreme couponing. That also, writing books led to writing more books, which led to media. I learned how to do television and radio, and I ended up with, what, 2,800 interviews, and also led to being a spokesperson. Today, they're called brand ambassadors, influencers. (laughs) Back then, they were called spokespersons, and that led to financial independence. So we were able to put all seven kids through college debt-free. We were able to pay off our house we paid cash for cars and it was all incremental. We've been married 30 years. So it's not like all this happened in the first five years. It was incremental, but we stayed committed. And now we're reaping those rewards. And the best part of all of this is being able to help people in desperate situations by giving them some hope to turn their lives around. And I'm so proud of you. I'm just proud of you. The fact that you are out there making a difference. And I mean, you're the reason and the best part of what I've done. 
Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I mean, it, it's such a great feeling. If if I can give somebody the hope that you gave me, that's what I'm looking for. And I hope someday to be able to accomplish that because you've accomplished so much and you are an inspiration to me for sure. Now, in the book, I loved this statement. It's move over money makeovers. It's time for the money workout. And I think that's a really powerful statement because like you describe in the book, money makeovers are more about some doing it for you, whereas the money workout is you doing it yourself. So tell us, I mean, that's my interpretation, but tell us what it means to you. Well, that's exactly the interpretation that I had in mind when I wrote it. We all know that anything that we have direct buy-in to, we're more likely to stick to. We know that, right? I mean, I've been married to this wonderful fighter pilot man for 31 years, and I know that if he thinks it's his idea that it's really going to be a great idea, right? (laughs) And so because I was the born saver in the family and he was the born spender, by doing this money workout ourselves, he came up with ideas. He had buy-in. And as a result, we both collectively were able to come up with a plan for each of the different topics that we worked on. So one time it was paying down debt. Another time it was allowances. What do we do with all these kids that are wanting an allowance? You know, what about vacations? How do we plan for those ahead of time so that we can cash out and we don't have to put them on a credit card? So there's all these different topics that we had in mind and each workout dealt with a different topic. We didn't try to do more than what the one hour workout would allow for. And I think that's one of the reasons it was so successful. Yeah, I'm sure. Because if you can just take that time and then put it aside and then go back again and take a little more time, yeah, you you won't burn out. And I think it'll make it a lot more easy to accomplish those goals and keep moving forward. And I love that you talked about the other things in your book that you covered, because these workouts really are focused on more than just becoming debt free. I've got to tell you that when I first read your book, like I said, I threw it down, I ran to my computer, I started doing all this stuff. And it really believed from there, I started learning all this stuff about personal finance, but I must admit that and I didn't realize this until the last week when I actually read your book again, but I never finished reading your book because I was so excited about that one part that I <laughs> you know, I let the rest of it go. And this week I reread it and I went, wow, I mean, there's stuff in there for, you know, planning for vacations, retirement, college planning, giving kids an allowance, helping them become entrepreneurs, just really something for everyone. And I just thought that was so fantastic that you can make these plans for anything. Well, and Bobby, after you've read this, I know that you can come up with your own ideas of how a workout can be applied to other things. And that's what the book was meant to do, was just to give you an idea of, okay, here's some real practical ways that you can discuss buying a house. What do we need to do with our FICO scores before we buy a house? What do we need to do in regard to debt? You know, what are some great decisions when it comes to that? So that was just maybe one aspect of it, but maybe you're looking to start a side hustle. And you're thinking, okay, one day we'd like the side hustle to become our main hustle so that we can quit working for the man, you know, and get to achieve something else. So it can be applied to really anything in your family that has to do with not only money, but just goals and things that you would like to achieve. Yeah, that's so, so important. And I love that about your book. Now, I want to change subjects just a little bit because your book is actually dedicated to the world's greatest fighter pilot, which is your (laughs) husband. Yes. And I think that's probably part of the catalyst for your nonprofit corporation, Heroes at Home. Let's talk about what that is and who it helps. 
Heroes at Home is a 501c3 that's dedicated to financial education for military members and their families around the world. And we were fortunate enough to be able to have a partnership with USAA and with Experian, and they helped fund a world tour. We did 55 events for military members directly on bases. We went to 35 different units in four countries. So, I mean, it was pretty amazing to be able to do that. We did all of that in about four years to complete that tour. And along the way, we really helped military members, especially LMI, low to moderate income military members. So this is like enlisted E1 to E5, and then the officers O1 and O2 level of officer pay. And it helped these young people get a better start. And in the military, If you get into trouble with debt, with your credit score, with finances, you can actually be asked to leave the military because you can't hold a security clearance. So there's all these different levels of security clearances. There's just kind of the secret, there's top secret, there's special access, and all these different levels require a huge amount of scrutiny on the individual. And if, you know, you pop up with 40,000 in consumer debt, then you're a security risk because China could come along or and say, Hey, you know, can we have some of those secrets? And you're just more vulnerable. And that's just the reality of it. So we were actually doing a work that not only helped our military members, but helped our nation's defense because we're helping our military members hold on to those security clearances so they could do their job. Wow. Kudos to you. I had no idea. That makes perfect sense. It's just something that most of us, you know, civilians don't ever think about. How common is it for this to be an issue for military families? It's not super common to get into trouble with that. And I don't really have exact numbers because I don't know if those are really published. But there is a percentage of individuals that get into trouble. I mean, we had pilots that we talked to along the way that were flying. There was about $2 million worth of training asset money invested in these pilots between pilot training and continuity training and all the additional education that they had. And then boom, they're grounded because they went TDY a lot of times and their spouse, when they were gone, got them into consumer debt that they didn't know anything about. So we would help them get out of that. And the military wants to work with people, but in some cases they can't always work with them. And so it is especially important for them to have that awareness level and to be able to work on that. In fact, I have three sons that are currently serving. One is a Marine captain infantry officer. Another's an Air Force fighter pilot. And that's a real problem because now who's the world's greatest fighter pilot? <laughs> you know, who is that? <laughs> And then the baby was kind of wayward because he went over to West Point and he became an army infantry officer. And all of those guys understand financial fitness from the perspective of a military and they help people in their community. They help the men and women that serve under their command with personal finance because it is so important. You said that you've done tours. Do people Mm -hmm. also reach out to you kind of in the interim to get this help? Certainly. Yes. So people reach out to us. They may want to bring our Heroes at Home show to their base and they contact us. And then we work with other organizations that are willing to make contributions to make that happen. And then we bring the team out. And then 
in all the cases where we go, we provide the military members in the audience with free books and with door prizes. So we've given away everything from iPads to gift cards, and it's a show. So it's like the USO meets financial education. We have four speakers, usually one from USAA, one from Experian, myself, and then Bethany Bayless, who was the FinCon MC, is RMC. She's also my co-host on the Money Millhouse and my daughter. And that's our team. And so our team is really close. And we have been we've been around the world together. We've experienced all kinds of things, including an incredible rainstorm in Porta None, which is near Aviano, Italy. It almost washed all of us away, but we survived. <laughs> wow. A financial uh, RKO. Yeah, like a financial <laughs> RKO. Wow. Absolutely. That's so great. And it's so great that you've been able to work with your daughter on it. And you had mentioned the Money Millhouse. That's your podcast that you actually host with your daughter. How did that come about, first of all? And what do you guys cover on the podcast? The Money Millhouse came about because we just got tired of people telling us we ought to start a podcast. So <laughs> so we have a great chemistry in working together. It's multi-generational finance. So I love it because she, I'm learning from her as the millennial where she's sharing all these new cool apps that are coming out every single week, it seems yeah. like. There's some new way to be able to save money. So I learn from her, but she learns from me as well. And so we kind of go back and forth with that. Our branding is actually for women who make and manage money. That is the branding on Money Millhouse. And men listen to us too, probably because they're told that it's not for them. So they they just rebel and listen and they do. But that's kind of our target audience. And my daughter has a background in broadcasting and in communications. She majored in communication. She had her own radio show up in Chicago for a couple of years. If you've seen her at FinCon, you know she has a lot of energy and can really knock it out of the park. And that's translated into our podcast. So the Money Millhouse meets at my kitchen table. We have our guests come in. Our dogs bark when the doorbell rings. (laughs) And we learn from our guests. But then we just love to talk about money over coffee. And we're very fortunate because the first year we had our podcast, we were one of the Plutus Award finalists for the best new personal finance podcast. We're happy about that. And then two weeks ago, we got named by the Simple Dollar as the top podcast in America. So there's five podcasts that were all the top. There's not like rank ordered or anything. There's just five that are named the best. And the Money Millhouse was one of them. And we were like, what? You know, we were so surprised right alongside Popcorn Finance and some other names that you would recognize. So, you know, we have these serendipitous things that come along to keep us going in our podcast. And we have a great time. We, in fact, our most recent podcast, our editor was saying, you guys, I couldn't stop laughing because you couldn't stop <laughs> laughing because we had one of those like outtake moments that we left in where we just got the giggles. And so we do have a lot of fun. That's cool. And you know, I've listened to several episodes of your podcast and I love that there's, you guys seem to have every kind of coffee under the sun in your house, (laughs) as well as any other kind of drink that your guests might enjoy. So (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You know what? If there are people that come on our podcast and they want a vodka on the rocks at 10 o'clock in the morning and we don't judge. So (laughs) we magically in our, and we want you on our podcast, Bobby. So we're going to have to return the favor because we would love for you to stop by and chat with you about your work. I would be honored. You, that's the best thing ever. I'll bring the uh, orange juice for the Scott, Scott says, <laughs> yeah. 
that's great. That sounds like a lot of fun. I anytime, anytime. I know that we're uh, coming to the end here, and I just want to ask you first of all. Sorry, I kind of lost my train of thought there. I got all excited. <laughs> yeah, orange juice and vodka and being I know you're show. thinking about it, but it's time of day you could you guys could actually partake in that right now. There you now. go. There you go. It's 12 o'clock somewhere and it's 128 here, so we're okay. <laughs> now, I just have to ask you this question because I think it kind of applies to all of us. We have all felt like victims at one time or another, but there's some people who get stuck there. I know I was stuck there for a very long time and can convinced that nothing will or can ever change. Mm -hmm. So how do you break through that barrier and how can people go from feeling like a victim to feeling empowered? That's an amazing question that you've asked to just think about how people do that. But I have had a lot of incidences that have happened in my life. I was raised in a dysfunctional family. I had an abusive first marriage. I mean, there were a lot of things, negative patterns that I had to break free from. I would have been, by all considerations, labeled a victim. But I decided that I I wanted to be a victor. And I tell you, for me, going from victim to victor was all about who I surrounded myself with. Previously, when I was a victim, it was around people. It was around people that couldn't help me. I mean, I was actually told that if I would be a more submissive wife, my husband would not hit me. Oh. Yeah. So that's like the ultimate victimhood. And I was so young. I was 18 when I got married. And that was my first husband, not the world's greatest right. fighter pilot. So <laughs> let's differentiate between that. But I, and so then I blame myself. It's like, oh, gee, it's my fault. Sweet little thing. I look at back at my younger self and I think, oh, you should have gotten better friends earlier. And so I, I broke free from that by surrounding myself with people that would help tell me the truth. And the truth was that I could break free, that I didn't have to accept being a victim and that I could chart my own stars and create my own path and follow my own legs. <laughs> you know, if you want to use every cliche that's out there, but I really could. And so I had friends that helped me. And then I actually went for some counseling. And I think that some people that are victims, whether it's domestic abuse, financial abuse is a really big thing yeah. that's happening right now amongst partners. Whatever kind of victimhood that you are a part of, you can go get help. And it may start with some counseling to help you kind of realize where you're at and then friends and then shows like this that empower you, that give you courage, that give you hope, that make you realize, wow, if those women can do this, well, then maybe I can do it. Well, you can do it. You can get out of whatever it is that you're experiencing as a victim. If you're listening to us today, it's probably no coincidence that you tuned in when we're talking about a topic like this, because maybe this podcast was for you to help you go from being a victim to being a victor and making the choices along the way that you can make to be able to get you there. Well said. Wow. Where where do you go from there? I would just say goodbye right now. Honey. Yeah, exactly. That was that was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Thank so you. the the only thing left is that I have to make sure that people know how they can get in touch with you because you have a ton of resources on your website. Of course, the Money Millhouse gives a lot of great information, and we also need to get more information on Heroes at Home. So, how do people get a hold of you and find out more about all of the wonderful things you're doing? 
Actually, you could just go to the Money Millhouse. That's the Money Millhouse, M-I-L-L-H-O-U-S-E.com. And that's linked to Heroes at Home website. And it's also linked to some resources that your audience might be interested in, including a downloadable file called the 60-Minute Money Workout, to where you can just download that and get started on this right away. And listen to the Money Millhouse on wherever you listen to your fine podcast. And that's the best way to get a hold of us. Awesome. Ellie, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it and look forward to chatting with you again soon. Well, thank you, Bobby. And we look forward to having you on our podcast. And thank you for all the fine work that you're doing and the way that you're changing lives today. A big, sensible thank you to our guest professor, Ellie Kay, best-selling author, founder of Heroes at Home, and co-host of the Money Millhouse podcast. Learn more about her at themoneymillhouse.com. What a privilege and honor it was to chat with Ellie Kay. I hope she's as much of an inspiration in your life as she has been in mine. Go get the 60-minute money workout download she was talking about right now. It's available at themoneymillhouse.com, and you'll find a link to it in the show notes for this episode at sensiblechat.com. No matter what your financial goal is, you're probably going to need more money than you have today. So let's talk about saving I love this topic because the more you save, the more you can budget towards your financial goals. And if you're looking toward the future while you do this, it can be so much fun. Like Ellie said, it takes commitment, but if you can commit in the short run, your long run can be everything you dreamed of. Now, America Saves Week is coming up from February 24th to 29th, and each day focuses on different ways to save. But before we get into that, here's a little incentive. There are a couple savings contests going on right now. The first is from America Saves, and it's called the 2020 I'm Saving For Sweepstakes. You have a chance to win a $500 or $750 prize. All you have to do is take the America Saves pledge, tell them what you're saving for, and how you plan to do it. Details are available at americasaves.org, and there's a link in the show notes for this episode. If you need help making your plan, reach out to me. You can schedule a free consultation, and I'll help you get entered in this contest. But do it now, because the contest goes from February 24th to 29th, so time is very limited. Another contest that's happening right now is Save Your Refund 2020. There are 100 prizes up for grabs for $100 each, plus a grand prize of $10,000, and all you have to do is save at least $50 of your tax refund. Can you imagine? You could win money just by saving it. Check out SaveYourRefund.com for details. This contest goes on until May. To celebrate America Saves Week, a lot of banks and credit unions are doing sweepstakes and giveaways as well, so check with your local branches to see what's out there. What have you got to lose? This year, America Saves Week is focusing on six ways to save. The first is saving automatically. The idea of putting everything on autopilot is really big right now because it's supposed to make life easier. I've talked before about why I think this can be dangerous. Because if you're on autopilot, you're not paying attention. And that can backfire in a lot of cases. But the one time I can see auto savings working for everyone is if it's taken directly from your paycheck. I've heard that a lot of banks and a lot of employers will now allow you to split your direct deposit, so some of it can go directly into your savings account. In that case, you'll never even have it in your checking account, so this could be a great way to save. 
But just remember, it does you no good to have that money automatically put in your savings account if you just have to transfer it into your checking account a few days later to cover a bill. And that's why you need to save with a plan. And that happens to be the next theme for America Saves Week. Save with a plan. There are a few reasons why this is important. Number one, the plan will tell you how much you can honestly save, given the amount of money you have to work with and the other obligations you have to cover. Number two, if you're just saving because you know you should, it's easy to let that shiny new object or something fun that pops up derail your savings plan. But if you're saving for something specific, if you have a plan for what your savings will be used for, you have a lot better chance of hitting your goal. If you're saving to put as much toward debt as possible, you're delaying the date you become debt-free every time you use that money for something else. If you're saving for a vacation, you're lessening the amount you have to spend on that vacation every time you use that money for something else. This is why L.E.K. talks about commitment. If you make a commitment, then going against it is like breaking a promise. So commit to yourself, commit to the life you want, and keep your promise by saving with a plan. The next one is saving for the unexpected. This is my favorite one because the unexpected is the most stressful, at least in my experience. For me, saving for the unexpected is exciting because I know that when something happens to my car or someone gets sick, I won't have to stress about finding the money on top of all the other stress that comes with a broken down car or someone being sick. Life is hard enough. Let's set ourselves up to win by relieving as much stress as possible. I like to save for the unexpected in different categories, a car fund, a home repair fund, and a medical fund. The next one is saving to retire. Of course, this is one we all need to do and start as early as possible because retirement is inevitable. None of us can work forever. Think about that for a minute. Retirement is not just for those who have a lot of money and can sail off into the sunset when they reach a certain age. Some of us will choose when to retire and others will just no longer be able to work. What happens then? If we can plan and save for it now, we'll have more choices about how we live when that time comes. If we don't, we'll be dependent on a government check, which for many of us isn't even enough to pay the bills. So we've got to start as early as possible so we can build and grow our money as much as possible before the inevitable happens. Michelle Kagan has a great new book out called Retirement 101 that has a lot of great ideas for saving for retirement, and I'm going to chat with her in a couple weeks about that. The next savings topic for America Saves Week is focused on saving by reducing debt. This is the best way to save money because the faster you pay off debt, the less you'll spend on interest charges and the faster you can start saving for all the other things we've talked about. Creating and sticking to a budget is what got me out of debt because I became intentional about how I spent my money and put every dime I could toward paying off debt. The spending plan gave me a map to budget every paycheck and tracking my spending gave me a constantly updated view of what I had left, extra money, if you will, to add to my debt snowball. And something I learned from Michelle Kagan that I wish I'd known during that time is to pay my credit cards more than once a month because multiple payments, even if they add up to the same amount you would have made with one payment, brings down the interest charges, hence saving you money. Just remember to always pay at least the minimum due by the due date. Another thing we've talked about a few times on this podcast is changing your withholdings. 
If you're struggling to get out of debt, not finding much money to put toward your monthly payments, but getting a big tax refund every year, change your withholdings. That way, you'll get more money in each of your paychecks throughout the year, and you can pay down debt faster. And throw any, quote, windfalls that come your way throughout the year toward your debt, too. This includes tax refunds, bonuses, birthday checks, whatever extra money you find. This may not sound exciting now, but I can tell you it was very exciting for me because every time I made a payment, I saw the balance go down and I got even more excited about what life would be like after my debt was gone and I could start putting that money toward the things I really wanted. What could be more exciting than that? And the final theme for America Saves Week focuses on saving as a family. I love this one because it's a goal everyone can work on together and then share the benefits. So get everyone on board, even the kids. It's a great way for them to learn the value of money, the value of managing money, and the benefits of it. So establish a savings goal, a specific purpose for it, and a reward that will come with it. This gives everyone buy-in. You might be surprised at how everyone pitches in to support each other on not eating out as much, turning off lights to save on the electric bill, not throwing everything they see into the shopping cart at the store. It's not always easy to stick to a plan when something fun or exciting is staring you in the face, begging you to spend your money. But if you have the support of your family when you're weak, and you will if they all want the reward that's coming, it makes it much easier to stick to the plan and hit that goal together. So get on board with America Saves Week and see what you can accomplish. I'd love to hear what you're working on and how the week goes. Get my contact info at sensiblechat.com or connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and let's chat. We still have a couple seats left for the free tax chat with CPA Michelle Kagan. So if you want to learn how to save on taxes, which is another great way to save, go to sensiblechat.com right now and register for the live event on Saturday, February 22nd, where you'll get to ask her all your tax questions. You could be missing out on tax credits and deductions you're not even aware of. Plus, you may be a business and not even know it. It's a very common mistake in this gig economy we're living in. Uber drivers, babysitters, lots of us have side hustles that make us a business. And if you're not aware of it, you could miss out on a ton of money. So register for the free tax chat with CPA Michelle Kagan live on Saturday, February 22nd. And let's talk taxes. We can even squeeze in time to talk about how to budget your tax refund. This is an online event, so no matter where you are, you can be part of it. Go to sensiblechat.com right now and register. That's sensible with a C. If you want to send questions ahead of time, instead of asking them during the live event, send them to Bobby, B-O-B-B-I, at sensiblechat.com or post them on the Facebook page. Thanks for listening, and until we chat again, keep spending and saving the sensible way. That does it for this episode of Sensible Chat with your host, Sensible Bobby. Links for all the resources mentioned can be found in the show notes for this episode at sensiblechat.com. That's sensible with a C. While you're there, find your favorite app to be sure and never miss a show. On social media, look for us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you need help with your budget or want to share your thoughts, reach out to Sensible Bobby through the contact page at sensiblechat.com. That's sensible with a C.